0: Chapter 1. I haven't preached this message in quite a while, and I feel it in my spirit today. And I'm going to give it to you as quickly as I can. And uh, I promise you that the Holy Ghost has right-of-way at any point. If you need the Holy Ghost, and you feel like that God has promised it to you today, you don't have to wait till I get through to receive it. You can get it right now. I remember at 13th and Gravois, my home church, on a Sunday morning, they uh, got to singing Happy Birthday, and somebody come out of the pews, boo Hood, walked down, fell in the altar, and received the Holy Ghost while we were all singing Happy Birthday. When it's time to get it, get it. Amen. I don't know... <clears throat> I know that y'all are a little bit tired and i I want to be conscious of that fact, but in this last day of camp, we have two more services today, tonight. Let's give it everything we got. Praise God. Luke chapter one, verse 40 and verse 39. And Mary arose in those days and went into the hill country with haste into a city of Judah and entered into the house of Zacharias and saluted Elizabeth. It came to pass that when Elizabeth heard the salutation of Mary, the babe leaped in her womb and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Ghost. Praise God. And I read on down to verse 45 let's read that verse and blessed is she that believed for there shall be a performance of those things which were told her from the lord i want to speak on the subject today the stirring of the unborn the stirring of the unborn and i before you're seated i'd like to ask you a question how many here Preacher or layman uh, in prayer through prophecy, through message and interpretation of tongues, through a vision, a dream of the Lord, or some uh, supernatural communication has received a promise from the Lord that your prayer will be answered, but it has not been yet. Just lift your hand up there. You're waiting on it. And you've had a confirmation from the Lord that it's going to take place. Parents, careers, spouses, family members, healing I want to speak to you today. I want to speak to every young person who has a desire to live for God, to do something for the Lord, but yet the devil has intimidated you, told you that you really don't have what it takes. You're prime candidates to be a vessel of the Lord in this end time hour. You may be seated. You know, I think in this hour that we're living, we have become manipulated by by our environment. Some people buy Tide just because their neighbors do. Some people buy a certain brand of clothing because they have friends that do it. Our world walks to the beat of the drum of the media, the fashion parade. And we have become so outward conscious. Our mind is so shackled on the outward appearance. I'll tell you, if you don't believe that God has a sense of humor, then look at some of his creation. I mean, there's nothing dignified about a monkey. Look at some people. I mean, come on, everybody's not beautiful. Everybody's not Charles Atlas. When I look in the mirror, I see what I wish I could see. But when I go to buy a suit, a pair of pants, a shirt... I'm brought down very quickly to the fact that I'm one of God's physical jokes. <laughs> it's not anything new, really, that people look on the outward and 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 judge and determine and and form their opinions concerning spiritual things I mean God's getting ready to get Israel a brand new king and the very man that's going to anoint that king what's he looking at he doesn't look at to my knowledge he doesn't look at character he doesn't look at at some of the things that that, uh, you would think they should but he saw Eliab and Eliab had a lot of hair he was strong tall Big chest, narrow waist, biceps that would choke a moose. And Samuel looked at him and said, look at that dude, good Lord, he's the next king. Look at all of Jesse's other sons, they're just pitiful, they're anemic. <laughs> and Eliab, Eliab is the guy, Look, I mean look at him. And, and, and we very quickly were taught... That God doesn't only look at the outward, but his priority is in areas that we wouldn't ordinarily look at. we got to get, you know, I think of the story in the the Gospels of of the woman that brought the alabaster box to, to Jesus and she broke it and poured out the contents of the box on Jesus. She was ridiculed for that Judas. One of Jesus' own disciples stood up and said, what a jerk. I mean, you know how much that stuff's worth? And you pour it on his head? He saw the, he saw the, the, the value of the, of the substance. He saw the container that it was brought in. And I think that he was, he was again indicative of the mindset that we get in. At times we become too container conscious. We, we look at one another, we come to church and instead of really coming for the purpose of pleasing God and, and forgetting about everybody else, we come and we look at one another. We're container conscious. And if a person lines up, if the container is what we expect, then he is so-called acceptable or spiritual. We're container conscious. That dude wears a Harhaft and Mark suit and lizard shoes and gold toe socks and countess Maris ties and uh, a Rolex watch he's got to be in with God yeah. <laughs> I mean what look at the dresses that young lady wears and how she sings, but you get somebody like me that walks in that has a container that I don't know. We got all kinds of containers. Fat ones, short ones, tall ones, black ones, white ones, green ones. All kinds of containers. And God, in all of his wisdom and power, knows how to maximize the potential that is within. And look beyond the outward. You know what I like about that? It gives every one of us a chance. From the smallest here to the the biggest. From the dumbest to the smartest. From the most eloquent to those who are impeded verbally. God can still work through you. Don't anybody here say, God can't use me. If he can use a rooster to talk to Peter. He can use a whale to preach to Jonah. He can use a donkey to preach to Balaam. He can use you. And he doesn't put his priorities on the containers. Now, we need to come to the same conclusion that Mary and Elizabeth came to in Luke chapter 1. It occurred to me one day that God just kind of. Blows people's minds every once in a while with his concepts. I mean, he doesn't do everything all the time logical. You with me? He said to Abraham, the father of the Hebrew race, He said, I'm going to give you seed as the sands of the sea and the stars of the heavens. Abraham, you're going to have seed that blesses all nations. God told him this. And the crazy thing about it was he was childless. And then when he finally did hunt him down a wife, she was barren. She couldn't have children. Isaac, I I don't know how many young men or young women would like this type of thing. I I sure wouldn't, but Isaac, it came time for him to to get a wife. You know how they went about that little procedure? You read that story? Abraham sent his servant across the desert and said, go stand at this well. And when this certain woman comes to draw water from this well, follow her home. Talk to her daddy and ask her to come home with you. That woman's going to be Isaac's wife. Boy, I could see my girls 10 years from now, 20 years from now, or 40 years from now when they get married i could see them as as i I, I come to them after morning prayer and say crystal natalie the lord uh dealt with me today you are to go to the Shonies on broadway and grand you're gonna sit there until a man with green pants and a purple sports jacket walks in with four bibles and three commentaries under his arm and a blue hat that's your husband And God went to all of the trouble to give this design to, to Abraham about Isaac's wife. Gehazi or Eliezer, whatever the fellow's name was. Went across the desert, got this woman, talked to her daddy, brought her back. The Bible says she jumped off of the camel and they went to meet one another, her and Isaac. And they got married, would you believe it, when they got ready to have kids. All this trouble. And Rebekah was barren. Abraham had a promise that he's going to have seed as the sands of the sea. Isaac received that promise. You're going to have seed as the sands of the sea. Barren wives. God's your goofed. Jacob, when they finally got his place in in, in the kingdom, all squared away, he finally gets him a wife and he had a little more difficulty. Yeah. You know, he's out there nine to five, Monday through Friday, sweating, working, carrying on seven years. The Bible said old Laban had two daughters, Leah. She was tender-eyed, and Rachel, she was fair. He worked seven years for Rachel. He, he, he thought about her sweating and, and, and toiling in that dirt and plowing in those fields and standing behind those cows, and he thought, Rachel is going to be worth all of this. Seven years, and I'm going to hold her in my arms, and we're going to get out of this mess. Buddy, when the wedding bells rang and, and, and the veil came off, for that first big smooch Leah was standing there and the Bible says Leah was tender-eyed. that doesn't mean she had soft pupils that meant she was ugly yeah. Jacob had his eyes on Rachel who was fair she was beautiful and would you believe old Laban that scoundrel made him work seven more years I mean, it wasn't just a little overtime. It was seven years. He had to love that woman. And then finally, when he finally got her, she was barren. But God, as far as I'm concerned, had a real problem getting this church off the ground. Seems like everybody he linked up with one another had problems. That makes me feel good. The first three in the very foundation of the church was linked. The first three patriarchs were linked to barren women. That's not all. We come 4,000 years down the pike. We're right on the verge of a twisting of history from BC to AD Zacharias is standing in the temple Luke chapter 1 Have you ever read it? Luke chapter 1 the Bible says Zacharias and Elizabeth Zacharias was old Elizabeth was barren God seems to like barren women But not only was she barren, but the Bible says that Elizabeth, who you know was the mother of John the Baptist, a cousin to Mary, the mother of the Messiah, not only was she barren, but she was well stricken everybody say stricken i mean she just didn't age she was stricken with age the bible made that very clear she was stricken with old age i mean a hot night on the town for zach and liz was rocking in their matching rockers that was it I love the Bible and I love God's mentality concerning his church you know what God has told me he doesn't care about my pedigree and he doesn't care what I think I'm not what I think and I'm not what you think But I am what God thinks that I am. The church is not what it used to be. And if we judged our spirituality on our pedigrees, if we judged our connection and our communication with God based on our family trees, come on now. We'd be horse thieves and God only knows what else. Trying to act religious. God bypassed all of that. Ladies and gentlemen, in this hour, we need more. We need more than just religiosity. We need more than just a form of godliness. When Abraham came on the scene, the world more than twice had walked away from God and became a degenerate humanity. God at one point said, I'm sorry I created this bunch. I'm sorry I even said, let there be. Because man had messed things up. We have more single families in this hour than we have ever had in the history of our nation. Divorce is on the rise. Abortion is on the rise. Homosexuals are walking our continent vomiting their ungodly and unholy disease all over us. And wanting us to support it. Pay for it put our sanction on it, erecting churches in our world and so-called praying people through. We got gay churches springing up all over our continent. And you and your children are going to grow up. My girls are growing up listening to these voices of immorality of impure religion, unholy alliances with with ungodly deities, and calling themselves righteous, our values have been undermined to the place that traditional values are almost bygone era. I say that God... Even though he sees all of this, does not feel the least bit uncomfortable in this situation. God has stared a wicked world in the face before. He has looked at impossible situations before and in those impossible situations he has performed a miracle and he has called out of that impossible situation people that has brought glory to him i say god faced barren women but in that barren state he found something that he could not resist Abraham's wife Sarah cried in the wee hours of the night with a desire. A desire to have children she recognized the importance of children in her life. She recognized that she could not have children on her own, that she needed a divine touch of God, and so, as she watched her handmaid run and play with the little ones, and as she watched others in, the, in her in her family walk around with other children that that she could not claim as her own, she wept bitter tears and she said God, more than anything in the world, I want a child. I will do anything if you give me a child. You have promised to Abraham that he's going to have a son. I am not capable of having a son, but I'll do anything if you would work it out that I can have a child by Abraham. You know the story. God performed a miracle. He looked into that barren situation. He was attracted by the desire that cried out at him in the wee hours of the morning and he performed a miracle Rachel cried out before the Lord and said give me children or I just want to die Oh yes, Rebecca said I'm not happy in my barren state. I want more. I want more. I want more Can I say something without offending anybody here today? We need more in our church than just verbiage and jumping and shouting and preaching and verbalizing all of our spiritual ecstasy on one another. We must come to a place in this ungodly world where we're not satisfied in our experience in our churches, in our district until God is using you and I, every one of us, in a miraculous way to win some Body to the kingdom of God. Give me children. Give me children, or I'll die. Hannah and Elkanah were two fine couple in couple in Israel. Two fine people, a great couple in Israel. But Hannah didn't have children, and she couldn't have children. And she looked at Elkanah and said, "I've got to have children." And he patted her. He put his arm around her and said, Honey, oh baby, am I not better to you than ten sons? Doesn't the caress of my hand make you feel the security that you need when I kiss you in the middle of the night? Doesn't that that make you feel that that everything's going to be all right? And Hannah... She declared something that the church needs to declare in this immoral hour. Elkanah, I love you. I really love you. And I wouldn't want anybody else for my husband. But I'm not happy without children. I've got to perform in my marriage as a wife that God wants me to be. And I'm going to go to any length to have a child. And she walks to the temple all by herself. She gets before the altar. And she begins to travail before Jehovah. She cries. She gets desperate. She says, God, I know it's an impossible situation. But I've got to have a child. I don't want anything else. You can have the nice home. You can have the nice carriage. You can have all of the cattle. You can have all all that they have out there but I want one thing and that's for your hand to touch me and to give me offspring so that I can bless your kingdom <laughs> she swayed, she moved she cried she began to speak in tones and in a language that even Eli could not understand Eli the high priest walked in And Hannah was there, rolling before the altar, crying to God. And the Bible says Eli shook her. He spoke to her. The Bible says he marked her mouth. He slapped her. He slapped her so hard, he put a mark on her face. What's going on? You're acting foolish in the house of the Lord. I know Eli... But there's something that is consuming me i can't stand to see all the other children i can't stand to hear them in the in the afternoons playing with their mothers i can't stand to think about the fathers coming home from the field and bouncing the babies on their knees when elkanah and i sit silent at our dinner time without the voices of little children calling our names i have determined that. To the death until god gives me a child oh god that's what the church was born with young people the church wasn't born with a feeling of sedation and comfort this thing was never created for us to hog it to ourself and refuse to pass it on to future generations. It was never meant for you and I to stand around and say, my, what beautiful talent. And we've got this, this talent at this camp is just mind boggling. I told my wife on the way to, on the way to church this morning, everybody that stands up to that mic sings like a mockingbird. The, the music and the choirs and everything. is so. But we were not created and the church was not born in an attitude, this is mine, I'm proud of it, that's all there is to it. This whole thing was born out of the impossible and made possible by the divine supernatural touch of God. And let me tell you this, if it continues, if the church is going to last, if we're going to be what God wants us to be, we're going to have to bring it into the next generation, in a spirit of desperation and a desire to see almighty God do through me what he did through my forefathers. One thing I noticed in the life of Jacob, he was carrying around with him a tremendous responsibility that he had not heard from God personally about. he watched his mama trick his daddy he cheated his brother out of a birthright and a blessing and all in my opinion because he was constantly bombarded with from a child you deserve it Esau doesn't deserve it you deserve the blessing you deserve the birthright you deserve the promise of the Messiah In your household but yet he never felt it or heard it for himself we've come to a point in Pentecost where we need to renew our experience with Jehovah too much of our youth is going on hearsay too much of our organization is going on what mom and daddy said and what grandpa and grammy said and what great grandpa said when it's time to do as Jacob did and say hey I can't stand myself any longer I know about these promises I know that they're for me but I've got to hear it for myself and I'm not I'm not, I'm not adequate at this point to claim what God has given to my family I've got to get somewhere in God and I've got to hear from heaven and so you know the story he sent his family one way and he went the other way he went across the brook and he said okay God I got to hear from you and God dispatched an angel and Jacob latched onto that angel and he said I'm not gonna let you go until you bless me I'm not gonna let you leave here until I get what my daddy had until I get what my grandpa had it was after that experience ladies and gentlemen that Jehovah God renewed the promise of the Messiah to Jacob. I say we can have revival. I say we can have a move of God. I say you can be used of God young person but it's going to happen in a spirit of desperation Halaboko Shatalamata haya. We're desperate. We're desperate. Not only was there almost 4,000 years of backslidings and immorality, idolatry, immorality that caused God to, at certain points in time, either judge by fire or commit to judgment. Immediate judgment if there wasn't repentance. And that's the kind of generations that bore upon the responsibility of Zacharias and Elizabeth and Mary. The world needed a Messiah. A Savior. It was in an impossible task. I mentioned some of these statistics the other day, but just again... Lest you get to thinking that our world is is doing pretty good, the AIDS epidemic alone is going to wipe out in the next three years, more than Vietnam wiped out in all of its entire wartime, just that one disease we 've got. Immorality bubbling over in our world like deep hell holes that are leaving people without hope. We're going to see the day in this generation where drug use is legalized, prostitution is legalized. Find an honest politician in this day. Honesty is cheap wholesale. (laughs) What we stand and we rant and rave about a worldwide revival. Where is it going to happen in another district? Who's God going to use, Brother Hargrove? Brother Davidson, who's, who's God going to use? Are you people waiting for God to wave His hand in this camp meeting and to create a revival separate from yourself? Are we waiting on God to pull a Houdini act and to call a completely separate people to bring this worldwide revival that we're praying for and expecting. I don't know what Zacharias and Elizabeth were waiting on. But I do know that every generation that passed and every lady that had a newborn son in Israel hoped That Genesis 3.15, the defeat of the powers of darkness, would be brought about through their childbirth. But God even went one step further. Old Zacharias, he hobbled to the temple. Good morning, sir. How you doing, Zacharias? Oh, pretty good. I'm doing pretty good. I'm just a little out of breath. You know, it's a long walk. It's almost 400 feet from my house to where I work. I'm doing pretty good. How's Liz doing? She's something else Liz, Liz even woke up this morning. She's still got a lot of spunk. Oh, Liz. And he works there during the day. Today, God sent an angel to talk to Zacharias. Bing What? What? Oh, I knew I was old, but this takes a cake. Zacharias. You read it in the Bible. What do you want, Sonny? I'm Gabriel, the Archangel. I've got a message for you. What's that? Zacharias, you're going to bring forth a son. <laughs> What's that? You got the wrong Zacharias. There's another Zacharias that works over in Lavers. <laughs> it ain't me, Zacharias. You're gonna bring forth the son oh no no i've heard a lot of things can you imagine zacharias walking home every step he got to feel a little bit better He threw his Geritol away. He, he took his cane and laid it up against the desk and walked out. Yeah. Said, man, I can't wait to see Liz today. Yeah. He knocked on that door and old Elizabeth comes to the door. Who are you? <laughs> Liz He can't talk. We'll just say he wrote it down, but I'll talk for him. I heard from God today. You know what God told me? Liz <laughs> Liz Come on, Liz. Come here, Liz. I, I want you to come here, Liz. I want to tell you something. i glad when you get I'm so excited, Liz. This guy's too much. God spoke to me today, Liz. Hold my hand. Liz, the Lord told me today that we're going to have a baby. Liz. 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 Yeah, they were old. She was barren, well stricken in years. But, I mean, God gave her a double whammy. You know what, though? God loves impossible situations. He thrives on it. He thrives on it. What could be more impossible than a bunch of old sinners in an old stick hut on the side of this mountain in a desolate place called outside Colorado? (laughs) I've got to do that. What could be more impossible than a bunch of liars and cheaters and drunks and, and, and young people that, that really didn't have a chance? But God loves it. He loves that. He looked at Zacharias and Liz and he said, look at that couple down there. She can't have kids and they're way past the age of childbearing. Gabriel, you go tell them. I'm gonna use them to usher in the Messiah. I'm gonna use them to set the stage for the greatest miracle that I've ever created created the bible says that god restored their youth and i want you to know a year from that time old zach and liz were bouncing john the baptist on their knee they were eating catalogs cornflakes they i'm telling you they were they they had turned the chariot aside and god had put something back into them that was needful for their end time generation (laughs) You say that the church is 2,000 years old and it's gone too long to be potent to have a revival I'm telling you that we're in the Zacharias and Liz stage we've been around a while, but God is going to work a miracle in this old age in time hour Yes he is He's going to do it. Woo! God didn't stop there he had, he had Sarah He had Rebecca He had Rachel He had Hannah He had Zach and Liz And then friend He got deeper He said Gabriel There's a little old, Young lady over there That I want you to take a message to and old Mary, is getting ready to prop herself up in bed and read the Pentateuch, and an angel appears. Bing! Mary, thou art highly favored. You're going to bring forth a son. He shall be the son of the highest of his kingdom. There shall be no end. He shall inherit the throne. Mary was a direct descendant of David. David was her father in lineage. He shall inherit The throne of his father, David. Mary said, (laughs) How can this be? Seeing I'm a virgin, you have flubbed it. I'm a virgin. No way. Mary with... Joseph walked around for a while. Afterwards, her stomach started doing this business. They were still engaged. Like mine's doing. I'm about four months right here. Elizabeth and Joseph, the Bible says in Matthew chapter 1, Joseph was minded to put her away privily, put her in private. I mean, Mary, come on, what in the world? And an angel came to him, said, Joseph, don't worry. Mary is conceived of the Holy Ghost to fulfill, to fulfill the scriptures from the prophet Isaiah, which said, behold, a virgin, an impossible situation would bring forth a son. Listen, I got to thinking about it the other day. That's been a couple years ago now. But Mary, Mary and Elizabeth Elizabeth was the mother of John the Baptist His whole ministry was a ministry of repentance Repentance is something only man can do Mary, her child was Jesus Christ John was the forerunner of the Messiah according to prophetic utterances. The Messiah could not come on the scene young people until John the Baptist came on the scene. Preparing the way of the Messiah. Jesus' ministry was a ministry of forgiveness of sins and appointing toward the infilling of the Holy Ghost something that only God could do. Elizabeth and Mary worked hand in hand in this drama for this end-time miracle. Think about it for a moment. I, I, got, to, I got to thinking about it one night, and, and it dawned on me, and I'm just a little dense. You probably already knew this, but I couldn't understand. Hear me. I don't want to lose anybody here, but I couldn't understand. Have you ever heard it preached that we're the bride of Christ, the wife of Jesus? I've heard that all of my life. But on the, on the other hand, my daddy told me not to fool around until I got married. Paul said in 2 Corinthians eleven 2, we're espoused to Jesus Christ. <laughs> we're espoused to him. We're not married to him yet. You're not married to him yet. If I walk on your theology, forgive me, but I'm right. We are espoused. We are engaged to Jesus Christ. But on the same token, we're all standing in the altar screaming, God, give me children. Well, as far as I'm concerned, that proposes a problem. We're having children before we're married. You can figure that out. Now, I was standing next to the fridge late one night where I stand often. <laughs> and I, I I had this on my mind. And, and Brother Gordon the Lord spoke to me and said, Mary's the type of the church. I thought, My God. Yeah. Impossible things. Behold a virgin shall conceive. Before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. Mary's a type of this end time church, full of faith. But yet believing and rejoicing in things that she had not yet seen but her response and her joy was all hinged on a prophecy that's even more miraculous my friends than the actual birth itself is the fact that they got so excited in just simply what the Lord said and they hadn't seen nothing yet I don't believe we've seen the revival that god wants to give us yet i don't believe that we've seen the extent of the ministry and the way that god's going to use every single person that yields themselves to the power of god yet but we do have a promise we do have a word of the lord i feel like elizabeth probably walked around with john the baptist in her womb like a dead piece of driftwood for six months Probably not feeling his move one time. But when that angel stood on the bedstead of Mary and said, Hey, I'm going to tell you something. The Savior is on the way. (laughs) Mary got out of that house. She ran over to Elizabeth the door Elizabeth came door she said Elizabeth I gotta tell you something come here Liz I gotta tell you something just last night I was sitting in my bed and an angel came to me and said hail you're highly favored you're gonna bring forth a son he shall be the son of the highest you shall inherit the throne of his father David of his kingdom there shall be no end and I said I don't understand this how's it gonna be and Mary that angel said with God nothing is, is impossible and spoke to me and said the Holy Ghost will come upon me the power of the highest will over shadow me and that holy thing which is going to be born in me shall be called the son of god elizabeth i'm going to bring forth messiah (laughs) can you imagine me me i'm nobody i'm just a lowly handmaid in israel i'm nobody i'm just a young lady i'm a virgin but i got a promise of the messiah and you know what happened in that room god in that room was an unborn miracle waiting to happen whose time had not yet come but who was waiting on a cue to make itself known who knew before the foundations of the world in the genetic DNA of almighty Jehovah that he was going to prepare the way for the Messiah who was going to lose his blood for the salvation of the world he heard the sermon that Mary preached and the Bible says when John the Baptist heard the salutation of Mary that he leaped in in her woo. He wasn't born. He had never uttered a word, but he gave her a crotted chop to the gallbladder. Boom. <laughs> 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 woo! When she said that holy thing which will be born of me shall be called the Son of God, John the Baptist did a Dodson commercial. Whoopee! <laughs> He said, hey, they're talking about my Savior. And before He comes, I am going to make my debut. Yeah, I'm telling you something. There's unborn miracles right here under the sound of my voice. And don't you let the devil tell you that your color, your age, your education, your pedigree, where you live, whatever problems that he's bringing to you and telling you are the reasons you can't be used of God. Don't you let him tell you that what God has promised in his word, he will not bring to pass. I'm here to tell you that Mary and Elizabeth got excited on a promise. They got to shouting and rejoicing about a word from the Lord. They didn't wait for it to happen. They didn't wait for John to be born. They just rejoiced in the word of God. I think therein lies our power. Let's not wait for it to happen. Let's rejoice in the fact that God has already promised it. I'm about through if the musicians would come. You can stand. I want to tell you something, Mary and Elizabeth are a double type of the church. John the Baptist represented what only man can do. Jesus represented what only God can do. John prepared the way by preaching repentance. Jesus came on the scene and did what God was going to do. You and I have John the Baptist part. We've got to do what man can do. And I'm going to tell you some things man can do. We can believe. We can believe in the word. We can make ourselves available as Mary did. Be it unto me according to thy word. We can rejoice in praise. We can let our faith reach out and say, Hey, I believe God's able to perform what he said he was able to perform. And when we believe it, when we respond, God will come in and when we have revival it's not going to be a revival of music it won't be a result of the way we dress or the eloquence of our ministries but it will be a result of man believing and responding to what is his responsibility in the spiritual world and young people that includes you I want every young person in this place to listen to me right now. Don't let the devil tell you you'll have time when you grow up and become of age to worship God and bless your services. And I'm not, I'm not talking about next Sunday night. I'm talking about right now. You can start right now. Say, God, I'm going to give it to you. Because I believe that you're able to use me to bring about Messiah in 1988. So here we are, Brother Gordon, right on the edge of the rapture. Satan attacking the world. And the church stands as a pregnant woman full of potential from the mouth of the Lord Jesus Christ through his word. And the devil stands here looking at us saying you're a failure. You're not worthy. It's not alive. It'll never happen. Messiah has come and gone it's just emotion you'll never make a difference it's dead it's dead it's dead he's telling every one of you look at it you talk about healing have you ever seen a healing you talk about Holy Ghost. Have you seen it? You talk about this and you talk... Where is it? You talk about end time revival. It's not there. And so in 1988, because of all of the skeptics, because of the agnostics, because of the atheists, because of all of the satanic opposition that comes against the church, we stand before the Lord and the world. We stand before one another, pregnant with possibilities but yet the devil trying to feed us full of doubt so that we can never bring forth by faith the revival God wants us to be I've got a solution I want the devil to come in today I want to take his hand you know what my wife used to do in the middle of the night with all three of our kids Come here, Elizabeth. (laughs) We'd be laying side by side. Three o'clock in the morning. Brandon would make himself known in the womb. And he'd go. And she'd reach over, get my hand. she'd say, (laughs) feel this. Brandon's moving and then he'd go and after a while he go you know what he was saying you give me enough time I'm alive and I'm going to be with you in person really the devil but come here just a minute let's drag the demons out of the cobwebs as the church let's take authority over the doubt and the fear and the skepticism and everything that plagues the performance of the church and individuals within the church the devil says hey you ain't gonna amount to nothing The church ain't going to have anything happen this year. Come here, devil. You got to feel this. Put it on the womb of the church. Put your hand right there. I want you to feel the anointing. I want you to feel the power of the preaching. I want you to feel the power of the praise of God's people. That's because it's staying. I'm alive. I'm alive. I'm coming revival is here I'm going to bless you I'm going to be a reality hey young person hey minister friend hey sister Has the Lord told you something that you haven't seen yet? (laughs) Don't let it stop you. Come with me today. Come with me with Mary and Elizabeth. (laughs) They got to rejoicing. And this is the statement they made. Blessed is she that believed for there shall be a performance of the things told her from the Lord ladies and gentlemen you might not see it you might not have it in your grasp yet but if you respond to the word of the Lord by faith you can feel it you can feel it and God can reassure in your heart that he's going to make it happen. (laughs) Praise God. Hallelujah.